Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. The Little Mermaid holds a special place in the hearts of many people, myself included. I remember seeing it with my mom, just being mesmerized by it. At the end of the movie, as we were exiting, someone from the theater was handing out free tickets to another showing, uh, apologizing for the air conditioning going off during the movie. We didn't even notice it. We had no idea it happened. We were that invested in the film. So what did we do? We took that free ticket and we saw the very next showing of The Little Mermaid. Yep, twice in the same day, and it was totally worth it. So you can imagine my excitement for the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Now, I'll admit, I was nervous. I mean, the original film is just beloved, and could they actually pull this off? Guess what? They have. Now, sure, I love Ariel. Ariel's great. Mermaids are wonderful. So much fun. But... I firmly believe that there are two types of Little Mermaid fans, those who love Ariel and those who love Ursula. I fall into the latter camp, which is why I was so excited to share with you my chat today. I spoke with Melissa McCarthy about why she wanted to play one of Disney's most iconic villains, but spoiler alert, she, like me, does not see Ursula as a villain. It's a very interesting conversation. You'll want to hear more about that and just what Ursula meant to her. Now, before we get to the conversation, I need to give you a little background on the inspiration behind Ursula and its connection to drag culture, which is a big part of my conversation with Melissa. The original character from the animated movie is heavily inspired by the drag queen Divine, best known for her appearances in the John Waters films Pink Flamingos and Hairspray. If you know Divine, then you can immediately see her in Ursula. There's a great documentary on Disney Plus called Howard about the composer Howard Ashman, who was instrumental in creating so much of The Little Mermaid before his death in 1991. I can't recommend it enough. It is just so good, and it will make you love the music of The Little Mermaid so much more than you probably already do. So go on and grab a snack because I will be right back with Melissa McCarthy. I have to tell you, before I even ask you a question, I have to share a story that I have loved so much over the years that involves you. I, this was probably, Gilmore Girls was on the air, so it was before Bridesmaids and everything. And I was dressed as Julia Child in WeHo on Halloween. And I was walking with some friends who I didn't really like. I was kind of, they were kind of losers. And you passed us with a group of people. You were with like two or three people. I freaked out because I loved you from the Gilmore Girls. None of my friends knew who you were, and it solidified in that moment that they're losers and that I had good taste. And you loved my Julia Child costume and everything. I was going to say, did I? if you were dressed as Julia Child, I can't believe I would not have stopped you on a dime. <laughs> you had the whole thing. You, you took the spoon. There was, a, there was a spanking moment. It was very much WeHo Halloween. <laughs> that, that sounds right. You know what? There's an awfully good chance. I wonder if I was with Octavia. Oh, you. Oh, no, I you, you weren't with Octavia because I remember I interviewed Octavia recently and I gushed over how much I loved her ever since Never Been Kissed. I'm a, so I would have recognized Octavia immediately, oh, okay. 
immediately. Right. So I don't think you were with Octavia, but I would have died if that happened. Like I probably, <laughs> I probably like Julia Child would have died again if that had happened. If you two were together. Oh no, <laughs> oh Julia. Oh, but yeah. So Not it was, again. It's such a wonderful story in my heart, and I love it so much. So thank you for oh. being so kind back then. Sure. Yeah, and I when the news broke that you were playing Ursula. As the little gay boy in 1989 who saw Little Mermaid as like a eight-year-old or whatever, and then immediately saw it again, not because of Ariel, but because of Ursula, I freaked out. I, it was like you being, it was a perfect casting in my book, like everything. How did you take it? I actually like pursued it and knowing that like, I don't have any business really doing this, but I have such an affinity and a connection. I've seen Little Mermaid more than any movie ever. I've seen it probably a hundred times. I was a nanny in my early twenties and these two, the two great little girls, um, they could watch a little bit of a movie each night before bed. And as kids, they just got on a tear and it was Little Mermaid for like a year and a half. And I just remember every time, every time that poor Pat Carroll, my God, I was just like, she is perfect. That voice. And I also was like, I was convinced, except back then you didn't know how to look that up. I was like, there is no way that this isn't divine, uh, an homage to divine. But no, it, and now I know that is true. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it because I'm, oh, I'm a huge John Waters fan. But uh, to get to play that, that I was like, I don't, I don't know if it's even appropriate. And I don't know if I can do the song. But I know I know her in my heart and I know I know how damaged she is. And I desperately wanted to have drinks with Ursula. I was always like, oh, my God, can you imagine saddling up like a Julius's and having Ursula next to you? Yes, I'd be like, wow. I can actually. I can imagine that. <laughs> I can imagine that, too. I may have even seen that. Um, but I just I you know, I met with Rob, um, which was already like I'm sitting here with Rob Marshall. I feel slightly crazy. And we just kind of hit it off. and. I, I think because I loved her so much that we kind of connected on, we, we kind of saw her the same way. And it wasn't just, you know, yes, yeah, she's very, she's so funny and she's such a great broad. And I was like, you know, my love of drag. Like, I was like, I think all of that, but it's still, what are you putting on as your armor? What are you distracting people with? What do you put on so they don't see what's really there? It's all of those things that also I have to say coming out of, you know, we started before all of this crazy COVID stuff, but by the time we were actually shooting it, we had spent all this, all of us had spent all this time in this strange isolation. And I think it even helped me because I already, I had thought a lot about this woman is not just ostracized, she's isolated. And then coming out of two years of, you know, I haven't been to a Trader Joe's to suddenly be stepping into the I always said shoes, tentacles, I yeah. guess, of someone who has been in severe isolation. And I was like, well, if not now, I, if I don't understand that now, I mean, I never will. It's like I really felt like, man, like her her mental health, everything. She just became so much more. Having that time with her, I really was like, as much as I thought I loved her, I don't think I had given her the full breath of how how fantastic of character it was and how much the damage and even the lashing out is, you know, she's lashing out because she's angry, but she also wants to be accepted. She's doing it the wrong way, but it's like, and it made me even think about when all these people are saying these hateful things, mm -hmm. it's just because they're so unhappy and they, they don't know how to communicate. I'm, ha I'm unhappy. I'm lonely. I'm scared. So instead they say, 
I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they flip it. So it, I mean, I even think there's something to making me kind of see the world differently that like when someone's lashing out, why? Well, that's what's so great about, I think, I mean, I'm a big Disney fan. My boyfriend and I are Disney annual pass holders. We go often. We're going tomorrow just for little mermaid (laughs) merch, which I have to show you right now that we, we have your doll. We got it the first day we could. And my boyfriend, even because he's a big doll person, he redid the hair because the hair wasn't good enough for our taste. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah. So that's wonderful. It's shellacked. It's definitely a shellacked hairdo now. But (laughs) there is there. That's something that's so wonderful about Disney films, I think, is that like even the villains, like I always love the villains and I love Ursula so, so much. And I never saw her as bad. I always just saw her as complicated, you know? I did too. I said her damage, like she is complicated because there is a mothering aspect of it. And and like, and at some point I was like, my God, I've gone. So I'm so inside of this thing, but I was like, you know, even her, yes, she's conning Ariel and in doing this mothering to her, but I'm like, but she didn't get to mother. So it's not all false. It's like, it's somewhere. She's so in the gray murky area of, some of it, one second it's real, the next it's a con, then it's a grift, then it's an attack, then it's just pain and vulnerability. I was like, yeah. she is such a complicated gal that it's like, that's the that's all you ever want in a character. You're like, let it all be gray. Yeah, yeah. How did you, I mean, I would imagine, because people, I mean, I know that you have a musical ability because I'm also a fan of Barbra Streisand and I have the duets album, thank you, that you are on. So, <laughs> I knew you had it in you, but how, well, you know, I mean, it's Ursula, it's the song. I mean, it is the song from a Disney film. It's a huge song. How did you prepare to sing and was it terrifying? It was so far beyond terrifying. <laughs> At one point I was like, I, I have, I have to call Rob. Yeah. Like I have, I have overserved myself and <laughs> I'm going to like, I can't also, I was so nervous to, that song looms so large for me that I was like, if I can't do it, I shouldn't be doing it. And I don't want to do it poorly. I'll never forgive myself. So I just started with Eric Vitro, who is like everybody on earth's vocal coach. He is the sweetest, most patient human. And I came in, I said, I'm scared to death to sing. I can't sing. I don't know how to sing. And he was like, get it all out. I'm like, um, I used to not, even for my friends, I'm not a shy person. Yeah. Yeah. That's shocker. Um, this is coming out of nowhere. Uh, but I could, I used to do a thing all growing up where if somebody's like, which song are you talking about? And they're like, what's it sound like? I'd be like, I can't sing it. And oh. they're like, we've been best friends for like 12 years. You can't sing a bar of something. I could not actually sing. I got so like nervous. And so I went with him and I went for months and months and months and months and months. And he finally, and I was like, I'm still so embarrassed. I said, I can't, this is a weird feeling for me. I said, I can't get on the other side of it. And he's like, well, you're trying to sing well as Melissa mm. and you're not going to. And I was like, don't coach little league. You're, that's a t- <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? I was like, wow. Cause he's, yeah. he's like made of marzipan. He's a very sweet, funny guy. Yeah. But I was like, so I, I shouldn't be doing, I'm like, it's never going to get better. And he goes, no, no, no. You're not singing as Ursula. I didn't know enough about, I was like, I don't understand. He's like, you're trying to sing as yourself. He goes, which you're not singing as you. And all of a sudden he's like, how would Ursula, he's like, put it. So he would have me talk as her. And he goes, well, that's a very different energy and a very, and then the second 
I started doing that, I was like, oh, I know where she is. I, I, and then I was like, I know what, I know what, when it goes up, what I said, it's like even things like, I know when I'm kind of talking to myself, I know when I'm talking to the eels, I know when I'm threatening, when I'm kind of trying to seduce. Oh, it was such a great, it seems obvious because of course you have to perform in the character. But since I don't come from that world, I was separating them, but it still, it still was terrifying. I, one of the first rehearsals, once I was, I'd been training for quite a while and then when I was in London, when we were there for rehearsals, um, Alan and and Lin-Manuel like popped in in yeah. one of my singing lessons. Ooh. So I'm already in like a full, I'm like just staring at them like I'm, I'm hoping I'm not going to dissociate and pass out. <laughs> and then very sweetly, Lin goes, do you want us to hang out? And I before he even got it out, I was like, No! You want to get out lovingly? I was like, I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry to both of you. But I was like, who would? Who? I was like, I can barely stand here in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And then, but like, it, so I just. But then I did settle in and I got used to it. And when we recorded, and then when it was over, so we're in this recording. There was like, it was like a big old church in London. When it was over, he's like, Rob and John were there. They go. That's it. No more singing for you. And I burst out crying. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't get to go to singing class tomorrow. And they're like, first, I think John said, no one calls it singing class. <laughs> good good to know. Um, but they're like, no, you're all done. And I was like, I miss it so much. Wow. Like I just, every, everything about doing this and being part of in Rob Marshall his mm-hmm. wonderful world where everything just floats on cashmere clouds. And it's yeah. just so supportive, so completely open to like, you know, working as a team, but also feeling so supportive and just like so encouraged. Yeah. You can't feel better about yourself. And then when you're in like the glow of Rob Marshall, like it's, it's pretty magical. That's a wonderful feeling. I was wondering, cause watching it, like, there's so much the performer and you getting in the getup of Ursula, but there's also a lot of CGI involved. And it's like, I think I've seen every single one of your films. And like, I don't think you've ever really worked in that space before with this much CGI. Is that true? No, no. There was a lot of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, yes. But still not like this. I mean, this is we are surrounded. I mean, we are fully in and surrounded and under like none of it's real. So we would be on these rigs that, you know, it was amazing. I had like sometimes seven or eight people you're in kind of like almost giant baby walkers oh. <laughs> and someone and they just had all these different little smooth wheels. Someone turns you and I'm standing on something the size of a dinner plate and I'm like harnessed in there's three got three people that physically move you around the space. Cause we're moving, you know, fully diving and doing all this stuff. Someone else's dial just rotates you on your little dinner plate. Someone else goes up and down. Someone else can tilt you. And everyone, there's no system. Everyone's just kind of freestyling. And so you're up and over and and there's no pattern. Yeah. So all of a sudden you are like, I don't have to keep conjuring it because I was so afraid of like, what if after hours you start to get some rhythm? So like in the end, am I going to just be looking like I'm dancing instead of, and when you watch it, and I'm not, I don't know if I should say this, I'm not a huge CGI fan. Yeah, yeah. Only because. I mean, that's okay to say. Sometimes yeah. it re- it removes me and it, yeah. puts a, it puts a distance between it. 
I, I finally saw it three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It is so, it's so stunning. It's so beautiful. And like, you feel the weight of the mm-hmm. water. You feel every hair in everyone's head. It's just, it's the most spectacular looking and feeling thing I've ever seen. I was like, well, I can't say that anymore about CGI because my mind is fully blown. It's, it's exquisite. It's incredible to watch. I mean, we literally, the moment we could buy tickets for advanced sales, we're immediately buying t- Like, we're literally like, we've been waiting for this for a long, long time. I love to hear that. And I just think also like to see this, I think it's going to give people so much joy. The world, it's like he... He did this beautiful thing and and Disney just encouraged it. He built the world we all want to live in where it's like there's variety there. It's like everybody wins. Everybody has their seat at the table. Even when she's vulnerable, Hallie leads this movie with such a such a strength. This isn't like girls need help from the prince. It's like Hallie is charging to her destiny. And like both fish out of water, no pun or pun intended, (laughs) but um, it's really, it's really something else. And I just love the thought of like, we need joyful stuff. I also love the thought of a pack theater feeling and falling in love with some of these characters, rooting against others to get us back together, to have that collective joy. Mm -hmm. It like, I, I do think that, we need that as humans. We so do. It's so true. And one of the things, I mean, you brought up the drag component, which for me is such a huge part of what I remember as a kid. Cause I was also, as I grew up, I became a John Waters fan with pink flamingos and divine. And I, I fell in Absolutely. love with drag. And, and then I learned the backstory of little mermaid and all of that and the influence. And I know you just from being you, you love drag Queens and you love drag culture and you're very much influenced I, by it. Yes, very much. I wanted to know sort of like, what that history, Ursula's history and connection to such an iconic moment in drag and queer history, really. And then what sort of how it influenced you on how you portrayed Ursula? I think it was, you know, it's I, what I talked about a little bit before of the armor mm-hmm. versus the, the the vulnerability and like what you put on and becoming becoming something other things you couldn't say, couldn't say them as myself, but as Ursula, I can, you know, I could say anything or, and I think that's what drag is. I think it's when I, I think when I turned, I was really, really goth in high school and college. I think it did the same thing. It was my, I always saw it as my, we we called it drag because I was like, I can be, I can be a little, I can be a better version of myself. I can be a little more confident and it's yeah, it's smoke and mirrors, but we all do it. It can be it can be a bob and a set of pearls can be your armor. It could be you know, it could be Susie Sue hair and yeah. and you know a black a black bar across my eyes because mm-hmm. that day that's what I wanted to do my makeup. It <laughs> we all do it, and so taking you know I've been seeing drag since I was in high school, and it's it, yes, there's group shows, but it's so often one with the audience. It's one performer and she's out there not just doing a number giving you personality giving you such incredible wit social commentary because why are you doing the woman you're doing what are you saying about that woman there's so much going on we've been doing drag forever or yeah century it, literally century yeah. this is there has never been a world without drag and i i do not care to ever see a world without drag um also if we think drag is the problem can i can i 
I'd love to sit down with that person and take them to a nice drag brunch. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. you can't come out of there not uh, feeling a little bit better about the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that was so that was so much of her. Also, Ursula is the outsider. She's the mm-hmm. outcast. Mm-hmm. And there's such a there is such a thing, I think, with so many drag queens that absolutely is like, I'm aware that I'm the outcast. I'm aware I'm not what you consider the norm. And I'm embracing it and I'm cherishing it and I'm holding it up. I'm putting a spotlight on it and giving it a mic. And I don't have to you. I don't have to conform to what you want to conform. I I can I will show you what I am. And I always remember just thinking it just always gave me a thing of like, I don't know. It just changed my whole energy. It said so much more than it ever said. Yes, it's funny and entertaining. It's also risky and it's just, it's everything. And I just, uh, I love it. I love that. I love that so much. The other thing that I love about this is Disney loves a little franchise and I see just a tiny one. one, And I see a world in which there could be an Ursula film, a backstory. And now that you've done Ursula as, and you're the only human actually that's lived in real life as Ursula, what do you think her backstory would be? What would that be in a film uh, form? First of all, I think it would be riveting because I think to reverse engineer what built up that mm-hmm. crusty shell mm-hmm. and to watch, yes, too wild in her youth, constantly disapproval, yeah. constantly being outed, always being wrong. I think all of that builds up like it does on all of us. You build up, you either are completely broken by it or you build up such a hard shell that no one will ever get through to you. And then you're in, you're just isolated in your own prison. And then Ursula's case, you know, I, I think there would be to really look at her, her journey into where she ends up would be fascinating. Cause, and I think it would be unbelievably relatable. Yeah. Mental health. It would be self-confidence, body image. I think mm-hmm. it would be every single thing. Cause you know, to, to get to where she was, it was not a smooth and easy, mellow ride. Yeah. Oh, well, I only have two more questions for you. Okay. And they're, one is really important to me. Um, I have firmly believed this in my heart of hearts that you are the female Tom Hanks. Everyone <laughs> wants to be your friend. Everyone wants you to host SNL multiple times. Everyone. I mean, you literally are kind of the female Tom Hanks in a lot of ways. You're America's best friend. And I would imagine that that would inspire a lot of very interesting real life encounters with fans. People maybe being a little TMI or maybe when they see you at Trader Joe's, they, they maybe say something or is there ever any moments where you're like, whoa, you're coming on strong. But I mean, of course, I'm sure it's always lovely. Also, I'm so chatty. I don't think I <laughs> like God help me. I can I, I can have a chat with anybody in a grocery store. I like bring it. Um, no, I have to say. It is, I'm always stunned with how incredibly nice people are, like that they would take the time. It's like, I'm just always still like, I can't believe I got a job. But (laughs) so when people are like, stop, I mean, I know some people are like, is that bothersome? I'm like, when someone stops to say something so nice, I was like, I wish we all did that for each other. Yeah, I am a big, I'm a big shout out the window. Yeah. kind of gal like i literally <laughs> rolled down that window and i'm like you're killing it in that dress <laughs> like i think they're always like a little creeped out and then yeah. confused when they see it's me but uh for the most part people are so incredibly nice 
I mean, when the camera goes in my face, I'm always like, you can just like, you know, I feel a little petting zoo. Yeah. But uh, there was only one person. I was with my sweet Midwestern mom who has never sworn. Yeah. Her life. She's just made of like marzipan and like, (laughs) you know, uh, everything wonderful and like and kittens. She's like an amalgamation of kittens and marzipan. (laughs) Um, And this guy stopped us again, being so nice. But he just kept swearing a blue streak. And then he also kept doubling down, which he was like, I just fucking love that you fucking swear so fucking much. And I <laughs> fucking love it. My mom is standing there. She now has she's like, and I was like, oh, 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 this this is my mom. This is my sweet Midwestern. We were like outside a thrift store. I was like, this is my sweet Midwestern mother. Yeah. And he's like, I thought and it just he went he doubled down. Wow. It's more. And I was like, I do. I have sworn quite a bit in some of my movies. I don't really do that in life into that velocity. And I just kept saying, and this is my sweet little Midwestern mother who has never sworn in her life. He's like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> fucking, fucking amazing. And he just went and he was like, keep it up, you motherfucker. And I was like, <laughs> and it was it was so sweet. Yeah. But I could not get him to stop swearing. And I mean, we were laughing, but my mom's like, I've never. I've never heard that many in one grouping. <laughs> and that was the only one. But even that, I was like, you kind of had to like tip your hat. I was yeah. like, it was, it was kind of a wonderful display. I was like, <sighs> that's amazing. That's incredible. I would yeah. imagine that because of bridesmaids and all of that. Like I can see a lot of, especially around bars, people probably being very open with yeah. you. Well, in the heat, Paul Feig at one point yelled, yelled swear more. And I was like, there's no, there's no more left. I've said all of that. I've used all the words. He was like, how many can you get in one sentence? I'm like, I just put seven in one sentence. I don't, I don't know that there's any more. I'm like, we're going to have to start making things up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love so that. It, it was, it, I get what he was saying. Yeah. But I was like, my mom. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a feeling she's probably like, well, if that, if she's doing well in her career, that's yeah. all you want. Yeah, that's a Midwestern mom. I'm from the Midwest, too, so I can understand that. There's a running joke in our family about flipping somebody off that started in COVID when we're like, there are no rules. And my mom will not do it. She would never give someone the finger. So she goes, I'll give you lots of fingers. (laughs) And she just wiggles her 10 little fingers and and says, I'll give you all of them. That is adorable. That is adorable. My last question for you, and I am sure, I know this for a fact, that people are dying for Bridesmaids too, which I would love. I would love that. Trust me. But that is not the one I want from you. That is not the sequel that I want from you. The sequel that I want from a Melissa McCarthy is Spy 2. I need it. I need, I need Miranda I need back. it. I need that I film. would do it today. I would start shooting it while I'm on the phone with you. <laughs> I, I literally, I've, I've point blank said to Paul Fee, I was like, I'm in. I think all of us would do it. Yeah. It was so fun. I mean, I don't know. I you and Alice I and Janet, it it's just, it's just such a perfect film. I mean, would that, do you think that would ever happen? I am, I am cheerleading it. And uh, if you can set that up, I'd really love it. <laughs> I'll call because Paul. I could get like five new wigs again. Come oh on. Oh my God. That would be incredible. And that's all we want to see from you is just you and all these different characters that you've been doing all these years, you know, covered in the ranch dressing. Yeah. That's the reason I act. So I can justify all the wigs. <laughs> Thank you again so much for doing this and for taking the time to chat with me. It really does mean a lot. And 
you mean a lot. And it's just, I've been, I've been telling your team, I've been looking forward to this for months, just to be able to talk with you. I've been chasing you for months to be able to talk with you. So it's, it's a huge you honor. never have to chase. I, I <laughs> give it away pretty free. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, All right. Uh, it was so nice to chat with you, really. Likewise. I hope we run into each other in person. I hope so, too. Again. That would mean the world to me, and I would, I'll be more composed next time, I swear. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to go under the sea and be part of Ursula's world? See what I did there? <laughs> Let me know. I'm H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. I hope you're able to leave a little rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast right now, because it really does help things out. And for the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the platforms. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe to For the Culture newsletter. It goes out twice a week. And this week I'm talking about the Survivor finale, which is giving me a lot of stress. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. Being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. (laughs) It's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The parting shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling, and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.